Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. Yes, and we have an episode of the OC, which is a teen drama episode. Yeah, it's it's it was kind of I don't want to say boring because things happened in it, but it was everyone was terrible. That's the problem. Yeah, there literally, was a... you there was no well. Okay, there's a little bit to root for, but mostly you're just like, what? Yeah, why? What? Why? <laughs> why? Yeah, and like some people are going to their character. Some people are. It's it's a real weird episode. And we finally understand why Seth is the way he is. Yeah, yeah. Because of his dad. <laughs> I'll delve into this when the time comes. Yeah, yeah. It's a um. It's an episode. It's an episode. Like I, I don't really know much how much more we can say about this. It might just be one of the short openings because i mean i can share some important information with you kevin sure our listeners will already be aware of this because i tweeted it yeah i saw a tweet today oh yeah i know that yeah how how is it football season on riverdale again riverdale is going to be football season i guess in march i don't know if it's football season or if archie's just training for football I don't know when the football tweet season says that he's training but like when we left off it was like february Football's yeah. at the beginning of the year. I know in high, like I know in um, the states in high school, kids will go to like football two a days, like because you know what their team sports are like. It's not like here. Yeah, no, they're, they're like if you're playing football, it's because you because a lot of them are trying to play football in in college, and so I know they go to football training in the summer. So somehow we're gonna move from February to the summer. Because I'm pretty sure when we left off, it was supposed to still be winter. Well, I mean, also, when we left off, Archie was arrested. Actually, it wouldn't be outside their own possibility. I think it would be very interesting if they did a time skip. Yes. If they, and jump then, forward, if they jump forward to the summer. And then they start to flash back, like, how did Archie get out of jail? And... Yeah. Well, I mean, also, they clearly don't want these children to be in school. <laughs> yeah, they hate it when they're in school. Yeah, they hate it when they have to do anything remotely like a teenager would do. The OC also hates it, but not quite as much. Yeah. The the, o- <laughs> the OC has moments when they're like, all right, let's just... Let's acknowledge that these are kids. <laughs> these are kids pitching a comic book. It would actually... It wouldn't be that... It would, it would actually be kind of cool. Something you could do with the third season if it all of a sudden... Just considering how the last one ended. If it did all of a sudden jump forward like six months. Yeah. Or, and they're like, okay, Archie's already at... Or, or uh, yeah, Archie's already out of jail, but, you know, he now has six months of just being like... That kid that got and that thing. Jughead is reeling from all the physical therapy he has to go through because the magic doctor is dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, wait. The magic doctor is alive no. because Fangs is alive. Yeah, yeah. F- Fangs is alive, too. Well, I mean, uh, you, you he's he's getting used to actually being the leader of... Of a gang? Of the gang with that has Cheryl in it. Also leading it. Veronica co-leaders. Veronica is six months into owning a bar as an underage girl. <laughs> And FP is just <laughs> loving it. Oh my god! Speaking FP's of trying his best. Speaking of teenagers owning bars, I just finished the second season season of Arrow. Yeah. Guess who's a teenager who owns a bar? Okay, are we wrong? Can teenagers own bars? Because <laughs> if there's one thing we've learned from TV, <laughs> or at least the CW network, is they think teenagers can own bars. Well, and she says it. He's like, "You're not even old enough to drink," and she's like, "I am old enough to legally own a bar, though." She's 19. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, man, now it's something that, like, it's come up three times in three separate CW shows. Can someone please tell us? I mean, I guess I could just look up, like, can can teenagers own bars? That seems like not a thing you I can mean, she could. Uh, I mean, the thing is that that's also filmed in Vancouver, isn't it? 
It is, so she can drink. She could, she could, yeah, she could drink in Vancouver, just not in... Not in she could Starling drink, City. She could drink where it's filmed, not where it's set. Unless if it's set in Van... It, like, unless if Starling City's in BC. Maybe Starling City's in Canada. Maybe it's in the greater Vancouver area. It's kind of near Vegas, which the GTV... I mean, the GVA is. <laughs> Good. Good. Fan theory. You heard it here. I'm going to tweet it. <laughs> New fan theory. It's not the even... arrow takes place in Vancouver. My favorite thing is that, like, usually the fan theories you see are like, like dark ones where it's like, oh, this person's been dead the entire time, or is this? And you're just like, hey, it's actually in Canada. <laughs> Starling City is Canadian. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Starling City is Canadian. Oliver forgot. <laughs> I mean, Oliver never says he's American. He just talks about the island. Yeah, no, that's because he's not American. He's island. He's an island man, not to be confused with island boy, Jimmy Cooper. Yeah, no, he's an island. He's very much an island man. <laughs> the island. The island. Uh, All right. So let's uh, let's start talking about this episode. So this is the OC season two, episode twelve, the Lonely Hearts Club. The Lonely Hearts Club. Speaking of timelines, we get a date. It's February 13th. Which means this entire season has moved faster than all of Riverdale combined. Yeah. Because we started it on, like, the first day of school. There's been about two episodes a month. Yeah. And now, amazing. This is how you do it. (laughs) Let us know when things happen. There are a few few times there where it did, like, definitely one episode was right after the other one. But definitely those jumps in between were a couple weeks. Yeah, which, you know what? Just like real life, sometimes a lot of exciting stuff happens, then everything's real yeah. boring. But hey, so it starts out as February 13th, and Sandy is filling the house with flowers. Because he knows, well, I was going to say he loves Valentine's Day, but really he knows that Kirsten loves Valentine's Day. Yeah, and when we first saw it, I thought this was him. Apologizing. Like, yeah, I thought like this was going to be, you know, we were going to pick up, oh, and they already had their, like, fight. their fight. But no, Sandy's just doing this because he's Sandy. This is... Is the next day, though. It took me a long time yeah. to figure out when this is, but Kirsten has just been sitting on her rage. Well, she mentioned that they had dinner the night before and didn't talk about it. Yeah, which means she just sat on her rage. And did not tell him about it either. <laughs> and, like, did she really think Sandy was going to tell her? Sandy makes some weird choices. Kirsten makes some weird choices this episode. Sandy also makes some weird choices this episode. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that when we get into it. But the, the point is that he's filling the house with flowers. We also learn that Seth is... Beginning his spiral. He's begun to obsess about the nose graze. Yeah. And Whereas like, Summer talked about the nose graze and then got over it. Seth yeah. talks about it and gets into it. He says it. they made out. Is what how he said. They made out with their noses. And Ryan goes, what? And then finally Ryan stops and goes, buddy, nothing can happen. <laughs> please, please stop. I have so much more serious stuff to deal with. Architecture. Also, I accidentally gave Lindsay her your grandfather for Valentine's Day because we're on a break. Yeah, it, it implies – I thought that it was Lindsay's idea. This episode seems to imply that it's Ryan's. I also thought it was Lindsay's idea. I wrote that down. when she Later when she's like, you wanted us to be on a break, I was like, what? what? But, I mean, this is not the first time this show has, ret- has I feel like, retconned something. Now, to be fair, the other one, I'm still not entirely sure. The Alex one? Is. No, no, not the Alex one. The – um. Uh, Seth leaving. And, oh, yes. Yeah, and I still, once again, have lost my mind. I can't figure it out because I went back to that episode and I still can't figure <laughs> it out. To be fair, I think Lindsay brought up the idea of the break, but 
Ryan like interrupted her mid sentence <laughs> and set a break. So, so I guess technically, so it's kind of like what happens with Kirsten, where she brings up an idea and then it was like, okay, yeah, no, we'll do that. And she's like, but I didn't actually think you would. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, so yeah, they're all uh, they have all their flowers up. And then Kirsten comes in and she does not look happy, and she full on destroys the roses. She, she, she garburators them. I mean, she she destroys one out of twelve. That's true. She leaves the rest. The rose bundles. She's like, I'm mad, but also I love roses, so I can't destroy all of them. <laughs> but I will destroy. I will decimate these roses. These ones. These. They're the chosen sacrifice. Ten percent destroyed. Uh, but that moves into Sandy and Kirsten, who essentially just have like a very open and honest talk. Yeah, about how it's very complicated. Yeah, Sandy does make a very dumb claim, wherein he's like, "I didn't lie," and I'm like, "She definitely said Rebecca was dead numerous times, and yeah. you did not correct <laughs> well, her." <laughs> yeah, it's one, it's one of those things where he's like, "I mean, I didn't by by letter of the law." lie lawyered just, just whenever you mentioned mentioned it i did not say anything so yes it was lying by omission but he, he explains all of his yeah, good reasons and he clarifies that when i told you she was dead i did think she was dead mm-hmm. and they decide okay we're gonna we're gonna deal with this yeah but you have to know I, this I, is like four minutes in there was a moment there where um where kirsten's like getting angry at him and he's like yeah i mean you're absolutely correct and she looks honestly like shocked she he's thought like, he'd oh, fight. Oh, oh, okay. I think she's just, she's just used to, like, Caleb and everybody and else. Julie. Everybody else in the OC who yep. would just, like, or Marissa. And the thing is, Sandy wasn't, like, actively sneaking around. He just didn't know how to. Yeah, he didn't know how to how to put it out there. Because she kept saying, well, thank goodness she's dead. I mean, it's terrible she's dead. And Sandy kept humming, <laughs> like, Ugh. Uh, oh, yes, dang. thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, terrible. Oh, no. It sucks. It sucks so much. <laughs> I need to leave this room right now. Yeah. 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 So, uh, meanwhile, Ryan pulls a mini Sandy. <laughs> and like, has one rose. Which Lindsay is delighted by. Yeah. He gives her a happy day before Valentine's Day flower. And they decide. First, <laughs> there's the whole confusing conversation where I'm pretty sure Lindsay asked for the break. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she did as well. She's like, no, but you wanted this. And he's like, um, yeah, sure. but I don't want to be alone. I forgot it was Valentine's Day. And then she thinks that's adorable. And they should go on a date the next day. However, only if Ryan apologizes to Caleb. Which I'm like, hold on, Lindsay. You do remember what Caleb said, right? Yeah, and I'm, and I'm like, that, that, to be fair, that's just phrasing. It's not that Ryan needs to apologize to Caleb. It's that they need to make peace. Yes. The two of them need to make peace. And Lindsay does say, like, I'm not saying it's your fault, but, you know, it'd go go a long way if you do apologize. And that's true. And Ryan's like, Ugh. I mean, she's assuming Caleb is a human being. Which we will soon learn. <laughs> he is not. He is not. <laughs> <laughs> but before we learn that, Summer's in her room. She's trying on purses, trying to put together the perfect meeting outfit for their big San Diego trip. I'm not, I'm still not sure what Summer's job is with the comic, but she's going to be there. I think her job, I think, no, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know what her job is, to be pretty. I don't know, but, but Seth goes there and they have a stumbly, weird I'll, talk. So he's stumbly and weird. She's kind of chill. She's like, yeah. no, we nose grazed and now we're over it. Yeah. Let's make this pitch good. Come on. 
And then Zach comes in. And he's like, yeah, guys, we're going to this pitch great. I have awesome. some snacks. I map quested the route. Yeah. I'm like, oh, classic map quest. <laughs> Do you remember going to cast parties during university and someone would bring like map quest printouts with directions to their house so you could get to the cast party? Yeah, which was super weird because <laughs> for me, that was still like 2010, 2011. So people had smartphones. So, so yeah, I had a phone at that moment. But yeah, thank you for the map quest. I mean, it happened to me once where we didn't have phones, nor did we have an address. Well, we had an address. It was on Facebook, but we didn't have phones. We didn't write it down. Yeah. We had a vague idea of where the party was because my friends had been to the guy's house once before. Yeah. So we just kept driving down streets in that subdivision. Looking at the fourth house in and like peering in through the window to be like, does the entranceway look right? <laughs> we went to one party and we were like, hello, is this Matt's house? And the guys were like, no, you, you can stay here if you want. Usually uh, usually you can figure it out if it's the one that has a whole bunch of cars in front of it. No, but there were other parties. Oh, no. And then we finally called mom and made her sign into my Facebook and recite the address to us over the phone. And then we um, looked at a map book. Okay, yeah, that's that's a way to do it. That's a story of 2007. You, usually what I do and what I did what, like even before I had a phone is that I would look up like what the address was on Google Maps or whatever map service there was. And I just got really good at memorizing routes. Oh, we decided last minute we were going to the party. We weren't going to go. And then we were in vaguely that area of town, so we decided to go. Well, that's your own fault. Ugh, stories of before smartphones. Well, so uh, when the kid is getting out of the hospital, he's fine. But he's filled with rage that he has to be in a wheelchair. Yeah, so he was in there for a 24 day. hours. Yeah, 24 hours. It was the tiniest heart attack. Yeah, I mean, they were like, hey, he's fine. He just needs to rest a little bit. He got his fluids and all things like that. So he's heading out. And we find out that Julie Cooper did not come home. <laughs> no. Shocking. No, no, she did not. Uh, I mean, I mean, no, no, let's be clear, though. He was in there for 24 hours. Yeah, there wasn't really time for her to yeah. get home. What was, like, yeah, there's no way she could have gotten home fast enough to do that. And, spoiler alert, she arrives, like, later that day. Yeah, she actually kind of does it well. Yeah, she actually does, like, get home. He just left the hospital really, really quick. But anyway, he's kind of snippy and caleb and so Kirsten sends Lindsay out to tell the driver to pull well, the car I'm, around. I mean, first Lindsay is like, hey, you should be friends with Ryan. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And then, then Kirsten sends her away and is like, hey, you should be friends with Ryan. You apologize to him. And Caleb was like, huh, fine. And then it's friends- <laughs> actually very, sorry. Yeah, no. It's actually very cute because Lindsay comes back and Caleb, they had given him. Um, Mad Libs. Mad Libs. And he goes, so Lindsay, can uh, three people play Mad Libs? <laughs> like, Caleb, you know what. You're you know a, what Mad Libs yeah, you're is. Yeah, you're a six-year-old man in 2005. You know what Mad Libs is. And she goes, um, and he was like, I thought maybe we should invite Ryan over for a round. My favorite thing is that he clearly, like, she gives him that Mad Libs gift, and he's into it legitimately. Yeah, he's very happy. Like, he plays it in a later scene. He's still playing Mad Libs. <laughs> Caleb loves Mad Libs the only thing that makes him vaguely human he's mad about his mad, mad libs mad <laughs> libs are are a sign of humanity a small sign it's like a it's like the turing test where you're like you know you see a turtle flipped over do you flip it back over but instead it's like here have a mad lib do you like it you're a human you're a human but do robots also like mad libs um n- no be no because they like the oh man 
This is a weird I, thing I'm thinking of. Robots might actually like Mad Libs because it's, it's like a lot of filling in stuff. But would the robots appreciate the random hilarity of Mad Libs? No, they, they'd be like, I have completed the Mad Lib. I have filled in the adjective and the noun that are needed in the sentence. I completed it in record time. Yeah, it won't, it won't just be full of like, but. And they would put proper give, words in. Yeah, give a noun, but. <laughs> give, give an adjective, buddy. But Lee. But Lee as an adverb. That's true. Yeah. I'm describing an action. <laughs> to do things in the sense of a butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm thinking about Data from Star Trek doing Mad Libs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Someone write me that fanfic. The, the writer comes in and is like, make everything a butt. <laughs> and just, why would I do that? Because it's funny, Data. Make everything a butt. But a butt wouldn't be there. <laughs> a butt could not walk down the street. And the guard comes in and he's like, see, for Data does not realize that a butt can be many things. That, <laughs> and in many ways, that makes him more human than us. Data, make it so. <laughs> make the butt so. <laughs> <laughs> apparently they're going to bring Picard back. I heard that. Yeah. Oh, and they're doing a Starfleet Academy show that's being run by the OC people. Oh, a CW star. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's on the CW network, but if it's made by the OC people, it's unofficially. So we might have to do a spinoff pod. Uh, <laughs> 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 we want, I don't know if it can be as hilarious as Great Generation. The first episode I ever watched being when Deanna Joy got pregnant by Space Jesus. It's true. One Sorry, one of the space Jesus. There's multiple space Jesus. Well, every planet needs a space Jesus. That's true. They do. Uh, <laughs> so we, so we're gonna we're gonna have to get back into that car. So they're uh, <laughs> they're they're driving down to San Diego, the three of them, and apparently they have a standee of Summer's character, Miss Vixen. Yes, that's the only character they chose to make a cut out of. Yeah, I'm like, so wait, is she the lead? Of the comic book, I'm I now thought, thinking she must be because I thought it was a character that was based on um Seth the uh, the brainstormer, not, or but something. it's not the brainstormer. That's Zach. Seth's is called the Ironist. Yeah, I think it's the yeah, I think the, it's the Ironist. Ironist. Would, would like so so wait Seth did not have a character. I thought no, I thought he I thought when he did have a character. Kid Chino was his opposite. He always talked about how like you know the uh, the I Jewish knew, superhero. I knew he had a character. I just didn't think brainstorm was him. Uh, Brainstorm with Zach. Zach has all the ideas. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's confusing. You know what? These nerds don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So. so it's very clear. It's very clear that they're just real bad. But I guess maybe Summer's the lead, or at least she's just the hottest one in there. So I mean, she's better than Marissa. <laughs> yeah. So they have some reminiscing. They talk about the Mexico trip. Blah blah blah. Zach actually thinks it's pretty funny. Yeah. Zach will soon get tired of this. But right now, he thinks this is pretty funny. Yeah, he asks them, like, well, which one of you guys got the bed? And they're like, well, we can't remember. Someone figured it out. Yeah. So that was the night of shit. The Marissa. Because <laughs> <laughs> Marissa and Ryan slept on the... On the pullout. On the pullout. That was before she had her, o- her overdose. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, then we see Julie. Yeah, she's back. And I, at first, thought that Julie didn't know about the heart attack. Because the way she comes into the house is like, she's like, hello, I'm home. What has happened in my absence? Oh, she just plays it super cash. But it turns out she does know about the heart attack. I, do, I think she just learned, like, they were like, like I had a heart attack. And, she, and she'd be like, oh, no. Or maybe she was like, yes. <laughs> she does want him to be the dead. She wants him to be the gone. It comes up soon in this episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in case you thought Julie was a cool, casual person, Julie, still a garbage person. Yeah, so uh, she goes to talk to Caleb, and Caleb's sort of, Caleb's too into his Mad Libs a doctor. 
And also his Lindsay bringing him tuna sandwiches, yeah. which Julie hates. <laughs> yeah, Julie gets weirdly jealous about – well, not weirdly jealous because it's Julie. Julie does not like Caleb having children. <laughs> no. How dare he have children? And now he has more children. They just keep multiplying. Ugh. Ugh. This is inconvenient for Julie. Child. So then she uh, is done with that. She heads on up to Marissa's room. Where, and- we, where we learn that, well, Caleb has had a heart attack epiphany. Marissa is still Marissa, but Julie yeah. has realized she needs to mum Marissa. Yeah, she needs to be a team. She had a spa epiphany, and she, she says it in like the the way that most makes me want to just like hate someone. Which is like, well, I was in Europe just traveling the spas. I I realized something. I'm like, cool gag. Cool, thanks. Mom. But she's like, now I need to be your mom. Also, if you don't let me be your mom, I'll take stuff from you. And then Marissa is like, you can't blackmail me into being your daughter. And I'm like, Marissa. She already did. That's actually not blackmail. That's just mumming. Yeah. Like, you're being disrespectful and having an attitude, so she's taking privileges away from you. Yeah, that's... That's that's what parents yeah, do. No, no, that's called parenting. Yeah, Kayla blackmailed you. Yeah. He legitimately blackmailed you because there's money involved. Yes, yeah, he, threatened. he threatened your dad. Yeah. Blackmail. Yeah. No. Your mom is just being a mom. No, your your mom is just gra- – it's like it'd be like <laughs> – I love you if, if Julie was like, all right, fine, you're grounded, not leaving your room. And she's like, you can't blackmail me. It's like, no, I'm grounding you. <laughs> no, Marissa, I'm – also – Because you're insolent. Can we point out that Marissa – Marissa is insolent. Yeah. She also has a BlackBerry and a cell phone. Yeah, I was <laughs> – well – yeah, I get. Well, I guess like the BlackBerry is actually wearing like, a, a Palm, Palm Pilot. Pilot? Yeah, yeah. It, it, Early it, days. Yeah, back back in that time when 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 you have two things, I guess. <laughs> Does she need a Palm Pilot? She's not a senior executive. Oh no. Anyway. Uh, well, Sandy finally gets Rebecca out of his office. And I thought he was putting her up in the Mermaid Inn because I looked down when they pulled up to the place. No, it's, it's, it's I had to rewind it. It's a B and B. Yes, we're fancy bed. And, it's like bed the and Inn breakfast. by the Ocean. It is the most bed and breakfast. Bed and breakfast. Oh, there's doilies everywhere. It's pastel. It's it's quaint. Which it's I adorable. Didn't even see. And I'm kind of like Sandy. I know you're trying to be cool and get Rebecca out of your uh, office, but like maybe don't pay for a hotel with her. <laughs> When Christian's already jealous and suspicious. Yeah, he's just too, like... He's too sandy. Yeah, he's too idealist. He, he's like, well, I mean, but I'm doing the right thing. I'm giving her a place to stay that's not my, you know, crappy office. office. And, and it's the, not that sketchy motel. Yeah, I'm giving her a nice place to stay. Uh, she got him a movie. Uh, Gandhi. Yeah. Starring Ben Kingsley. Yeah, which I'm like... I, you know, I can definitely see, like, the two of them going to see that movie when they were young. Yep. Neither of them really wanted to see it. But they were like, but we're so smart. We, we have to do it. But we have to. It's intellectual. Yeah. And then Sandy is awesome. Yeah. He tries to drop Rebecca as a client. Well, he, no, he does. Yes, he does. Because... Yeah. He is not an amnesty lawyer. Yeah, he's like, I can't actually do this. Like, I don't know why I said I could. I don't know about your your law, your thing at all. And then Rebecca's like, also, it'll be so hard. The long nights working together will make Kirsten very jealous. These are like, and stupid Sandy's like, yeah, why didn't you think of my relationship? And I'm like, Sandy, you <laughs> yeah. had a perfect out. Yeah, he's 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 not really like 
good in noticing that uh, Rebecca is clearly this entire episode trying to seduce him. Crazy. And she tried to seduce him last episode, too. There was all that pot and tequila. Yeah, but it's just more obvious the episode. It's like, yeah, we'll just be together, alone, working the night. And he's just like, yeah, that would happen. It would be terrible. We can both agree that would be terrible. And Sandy, why couldn't you pick up on this? This already happened last season with that yeah. blonde girl. Yeah, I do love that Sandy has this ongoing thing where he does he cannot tell when people are hitting on him. And he's, <laughs> and he's always shocked by it. He's like our brother Brian. People are forever hitting on him. And he's like, blah, 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 life. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then Sandy goes home and immediately tells Kirsten that, like, yeah, I dropped the case. And then like, Kirsten, well, first she's like, I got a phone call to confirm that you were staying at this fancy inn on the ocean. And Sandy's <laughs> like, yeah, I put Rebecca up there. <laughs> and Kirsten's like, oh. Yeah, look, yeah, I, he's like, oh, I dropped the case. And she's also like, oh, okay. Well, so I mean, um, could you make us a Valentine's Day reservation? Let me describe a very specific restaurant I want to go to. It's the Arches, the only restaurant in town. Since his restaurant got shut down. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Kirsten does have the moment where she's like, oh, well, I hope you didn't do it because of me. And he's like, of course I did it because of you. Hey, dummy. What, what, what are you talking about? She's my friend, but I love you. <laughs> and Kirsten's like, yes, that's what I wanted like, to hear. Oh, Thank all you. Right. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, good. 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 I like how there's, there's, there's a lot of this episode of um, Kirsten trying to be very, very OC. And Sandy just, just being like, no, yeah, no, you're right. I was wrong. I probably should have told you earlier. I'm really sorry about that. Anyway, I also dropped her as a client. And yes, it was because of you. Because, you know, I love you. Because I love you. <laughs> She's like, man, you're being real open. I really <laughs> want to be angry, but I can't all right and then like yeah there's another arches and she walks away and this is the first time in this episode there's this trend in this episode where someone walks away and then we have a very very long shot on someone's face of the person who's of a, left a, behind yeah of like emotions on it and my favorite thing about this one is sandy's emotions appear to be there's no way it can be that easy and sandy it could have been <laughs> it's a very meta moment where like he's he's like no, hang on a second. We're only like 15 minutes into this. And what he thinks is what could go wrong. But what he should be thinking is what will I do wrong? <laughs> I am or both. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so Alex and Marissa are hanging out in the club because Marissa just works there for free when she doesn't want to hang out at home. She's putting up posters. They're doing stuff. Yeah. And we learned that apparently Alex's mom is just like Julie Cooper. Yeah. I think that she's a mom. <laughs> yeah. I, and has different opinions than her daughter. Yeah, it's it's weird because because we don't see a lot of like Alex's actual relationship with her parents. All we see is her reaction to it. And except for that one time where, where they had that phone call and the first time we see her. That very it, pleasant phone call. Yeah, where it seemed pretty cordial. Yeah. I really am starting to feel like Alex it, is like – I. I think Alex might be the bad one in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I would kind of like love to see her mom and she's just like, like Kitty from that 70s show where just she's loving like, her daughter. Hi. <laughs> oh, Alex, I'm so glad you came here. You came, uh, came to see me. And Alex is like, gosh, mom, stop being so overbearing. I own a bar now, mom. I got tattoos. I have tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> mom god don't try to be cool but they're not like my tattoos mom i got mine to say f you She's like <laughs> mine's a butterfly god, god mom, mom! <laughs> <laughs> anyway alex suggests to marissa that when julie's being all julie marissa should just smile and say 
That's an interesting thought, Mom. I'll consider it. Which, I mean, like... It's actually very good advice. Yeah, because Julie is someone who thrives on conflict. Yeah. She loves to argue and then be proven right. Yep. Even when she's wrong, she will find some way to be proven right. Like the time that she threw the check into DJ's car and then said he took the check. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's right. If somebody loves to fight, Mm -hmm. the only way to beat them is to not fight with them. And so this is excellent advice. Yeah. Good good advice from Alex, given in a good way. Shocking. Yeah. Then Marissa gets all Marissa and is like, well, you can come around anytime because I love things that annoy my mom. You have a standing invitation to dinner. And I'm like, Marissa, that's not how you start a relationship. (laughs) Yeah, that's the same same thing that messed up with DJ. And then Alex basically goes, yeah, that's not how we're starting a relationship, but we can go on a date next week. Yeah, not on Valentine's Day. Which, again, Alex... State something that she doesn't do. Yeah. Again, like, Alex, you're 17. Definitely the only person you've ever dated is Jody. Yeah. But sure, throw your rules around. Yeah, you don't have a long... I'm sure you don't have a long history of, like, lovers that you've (laughs) broken hearts across. Again, Alex says she's 17. We know she's 25. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So they're going to go on a date next week. I'm just going to say Alex and Marissa are actually kind of cute and actually have good chemistry in this episode. Yeah. No. Like, this is the thing I always think about their relationship is that, like, the show pushes it to make it seem like it's dramatic and uplifting. But it's just really kind of casual. Yeah. Casual and cute. And I do I can see them as a couple. Yeah. It's, it's just, like, the show is trying to make them appear more like when they had Marissa and Ryan. So, like, all this stuff is super mm-hmm. dramatic. But it's not really dramatic no. with them. Although I guess it is 2004, and so Easy. bisexuality was less of a thing then, and a little yeah. bit more like, oh. So, so it, it might more be more of a like outside the world, yeah, like a dramatic. Thing. We're missing the context, maybe. Oh, maybe I don't know. Uh, so we get to the comic book uh, place where Zach Wild is just storm or something. Yeah, and Zach's just the worst because he's wants to practice the pitch in the waiting room. Yeah, he's 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 stressing out. But you don't. Yeah. So Summer goes off to floss. I can see Summer doing that. Zach confides in a set that they're going backpacking through Italy. I, you say confides. He just informs Seth. Like, like, yeah, no, yeah, we're going on a trip. Well, I'm just wondering if Summer knows they're going to be backpacking. Because <laughs> I don't think she does. It's true. She might not realize what kind of trip. She just knows she's going to Tuscany in Italy. Yeah, and so she's thinking wineries, big rolling suitcases, valet. Yeah, she doesn't quite realize that it's going to be backpacking. And it will be also some of that because they are going to a wedding. And they're mm-hmm. going to have, you know, a Tuscany wedding wedding but this just sends seth down a path that i did not realize seth could go down yes it is an unexpected spiral like like so i i guess the idea is supposed to be that that seth that now seth realizes that they're actually a couple a couple which is weird to do now 12 episodes in when they have been dating for six months and at been, least and it's a very clear like he punched him in the face yeah so but I, now but, but now oh now that they're going to italy and he has his all for example like romance and things like that it's i think the reality of sex has come upon him <laughs> remember when summer couldn't handle him sleeping with alex yeah this is seth's version and it's so much worse it's so much worse but then we have a very weird um, sequence of events where – so the pitch gets canceled because he's – because the guy they're pitching was flying in from Japan and it got delayed. 
Um, so, which it's crazy that that like they only figured it out. I would guess five minutes before, before the meeting the- was supposed to start. So they're going to set them up in a hotel room. Because the pitch that these teenagers are going to do about the concept of their comic book yeah. is so important. That they're going to set up for, and apparently it is just like a stay. Like yeah, an extended an stay. an extended stay. There's no... There's no like end date. It's... It, that, that's, that's not how anything... Guys. Who wrote this? True story. That's not how the publishing world works. Who... Who wrote this that thought that that's how anything works? We just went to a writing conference. Yeah. They did not even pay for the hotel rooms for, like, the keynote speakers. Like, published, established, famous writers. Yeah, because because you don't you can't always do... You don't you just have always, money. There's no money to throw around in hotel rooms. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's such a weird... It's clearly a scene written by someone who's never gone through that process. But, like, how have they not? They're all writers on a TV series. I don't may, maybe I maybe don't know maybe wrote this scene. maybe they all they all believe is like yeah but when I went for a pitch I was set up in a hotel room or I would have been but my meeting went through yeah yeah they're like oh no they were they treated me like royalty because they wanted they wanted my idea so badly this is like something a teenager would write imagining yeah. what the publishing world will be like yeah was it take your kid to work day. Did a fourteen-year-old write this scene? I mean, it might—it might be—it might be adults like thinking, like, okay, we're writing this for teens. You got to do how teens would want it to be seen. Teens would like this, but like, like, why couldn't they just say the meeting was put off? These are rich kids, and then the kids would have been like, oh, well, we don't want to drive back to the OC. Yeah, let's get a hotel room. Yeah, they're rich. Yeah, like if I was going to go give a pitch somewhere and the pitch got canceled, so they'd be like, oh man, we're really sorry. Can you come back tomorrow? Yeah, can you come back tomorrow? And then you'd be like, I don't know. And And you'd go and call mom. And then mom would be like, book a hotel room. Yeah, you'd figure it out somehow. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's weird. Anyway, that's what happens. Yeah, and that's going to set up such fun. Speaking of fun, Ryan apologizes to Caleb, and Caleb is a garbage human being. Ryan's like, I'm sorry, and Caleb's like, you go to hell. <laughs> yeah, that is the scene. Like, what? what? <laughs> and Ryan's like, yeah, I didn't expect any different. There is a moment where Caleb's like, I'm expecting you to say thank you. Thank you for giving me a roof over my head. Thank you for buying me all my nice things. And I'm like, what? Kirsten buys those things. You've already admitted that Kirsten is so much better at your job than you. You just commit crime, Caleb. Yeah, Caleb, you have not bought anything for Ryan. The only reason you are not in jail is because the DA prosecuted the wrong crime. And, like, if I did something, if I went and adopted a child, that would not be mom and dad's responsibility. No. <laughs> well, well, it's because Caleb is still 100% sure that he's, like... The patriarch of the family and taking care of everyone. And he's not. He's a doddering old man who plays Mad Libs. Exactly. He doesn't even have a job. Which would be a fun arc to see him go through of learning that, like, oh, no, Caleb, you're you're not needed. Nobody needs you. So you better make people want you. So I really really hope that's the arc that we go. Anyway, the, the point is that he is super proud also of how much shade he throws at Ryan. He's just smuggling on his face like, yeah, that's right. I just insulted a teenager. And Ryan's just like, I don't know. You're a sixty. You're a sixty-year-old man who just had a heart attack. I feel like you should settle down. I'm just gonna go over there. I'm, right. I'm not even offended anymore. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? 
Um, tonight I'm going full out summer and I'm drinking some pink wine. I'm drinking some Kim Crawford Rosé. Kim Crawford is a New Zealand brand. It's normally very expensive, but for some reason, uh, the Superstore Liquor Store nice. had the Rosé and the Pinot Grigio, Grigio? Pinot Gris? I can't remember. The blue one on sale for like $11 each, which I know Americans are not impressed by, <laughs> but wine is not that cheap in Canada. Yeah. So uh, let's look at some copy on here. <clears throat> Our very special dry rosé, affectionately known as Pansy, for its vivacious and vibrant character, has been a winery favorite since its first vintage in 2002. What? What? <laughs> Why is it called Pansy? I mean, I guess after pansies? But a pansy is not a rose. It's a flower, though, isn't it? Yeah. But then it says, our grapes grown in New Zealand deliver a bright, juicy rosé with fresh berry fruit and watermelon flavors and a refreshing dry finish. I wonder what the ages of the person who was like, we call it a pansy. Because pansy also has sort of changed in context to just sort of mean like That's a coward true. or a wuss. I mean, it's definitely like an old lady flower. It, it definitely feels like it was, this was written by someone who know, who who is wine and not society. Also, maybe pansy doesn't mean that in New Zealand. That's true. Yeah, it could, could not mean that. Anyway, this alcohol does... I mean, the nice thing of, of of all the um uh, like flavor text flavor text is what I call it. Uh, we've read that one's very straightforward. It actually tells you what's in it. It actually least. tells you what flavors are in it, and they <laughs> no. do taste the berry fruit and the watermelon. Not just like here are feelings that this drink will make you feel. And the refreshing finish is dry, which is nice because sometimes rosés are very sweet and a little yeah. bit cloying. This is not awesome. It is thirteen percent alcohol and it contains sulfates. So someone is gonna have a headache tomorrow. <laughs> That someone is me well, because of the sulfates. Well, you don't have to do anything tomorrow. I do. I have to go to the Cat Awards. Oh, right. Well, that's in the evening. That's true. You'll be fine. Sleep all day. You'll be fine. Uh, Kevin, do you want some rosé? Nah. You don't trust my drink preferences? No. Not after the grapefruit not soda. A, not, a, not after the grapefruit soda fiasco. <laughs> all right. So over at the hotel. They got a nice hotel room. Two hotel rooms. Two nice hotel rooms. Because Seth gets his own room. They're adjoined. Seth spirals even further when he realizes he has to be adjacent adjacent <laughs> to Zach and Summer sharing well, a bed. He would have been fine if they were in the same room because then he's like, because then I can cock block them. Yes. But now he's in the other room and he... There's and, nothing he can do. He just has to know what's happening right next to him. Yeah. And, and no man can cock block that much. Which, like, to be fair to Seth... Yeah. It would be extremely challenging to know that your ex is sharing a bed with their new boyfriend-girlfriend right next to you. Yeah, and it almost would be nice if they were a little bit... I mean, I think they're definitely aware of it. They could try... You know what? Like, 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 Seth, like Seth, look, Seth, we're not going to do anything tonight. You know what? They're kids. Maybe Zach and Summer just don't share a bed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Seth was fine with him and Zach sharing a bed. Summer gets her own room. Exactly, which Summer would like. Yeah. <laughs> but they're also kids. They don't have that awareness. No, no. So Seth is just going to lose his mind. Lost. Meanwhile, Sandy's out for a coffee with Professor Man, who we've been reminded is named Max. So Professor Max, can he only meet at night? Because I feel like Sandy only ever meets him in the dead of night. I think Professor Max's strokes have stopped him from going out in the sun. Oh, he's a stroke vampire. Exactly. A stroke vampire that can't drink coffee. 
and who loves oh he plays the guilt card on sandy like crazy oh, and then yeah. he says he's not guilting him he he drops a 10 ton anvil of guilt upon uh, sandy being like oh i thought you were probably gonna be your father-in-law but i guess not and it's like max your daughter burned <laughs> a building down except not physically but with her thoughts and then fled to Canada. That's not what so- was Sandy supposed to do? Yeah, Sandy moved on and got married to a wonderful person. Don't guilt that poor <laughs> boy. Um, and then, then we get this second moment where someone leaves and we linger on the character who's sitting there. And I don't know about you, Aaron. At this moment, I wrote down this phrase. Is he gonna die? Yes, I also thought the same thing because this was so reminiscent of when Ryan left Lindsay on the beach. <laughs> Don't leave people on the beach in the OC. Uh, we, we do cut quickly back to the comic book kids and Seth has found a way to cockblock Summer and Zach. By forcing them to watch movies together forever. Yeah, he wants to watch Van Helsing, but he's like, man, we got a pitch in the morning. He's like, no, nah, let's, just, let's, just, let's just sit on this bed together with our clothes on. Let's go buy some cards. Let's play some games. I can do magic tricks. Maybe we can get some Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, Red Bull. So he tries his hardest to salt the game. But Zach takes away his salt shaker and sends him to bed. <laughs> I mean, Summer does as well. Summer grabs him by the hand and drags him into the other room. But guys, leaving Seth Seth alone in a room, at this point, they should have been like, that man is not going to sleep. <laughs> and someone should have babysat him. Yeah. They should have known it was going to go off the rails. Yeah, like, it sucks. And Seth is, you know, not a good person for doing that. But sometimes you have to deal with not good people. And everyone knows that Seth is selfish. It's his defining characteristic. Especially when you're hinging on pitching your your comic, your your dream. Your dream. Your dream of two weeks. I mean, it's been a few months, I think, now. No, the comic book idea happened right... Oh, I guess a month and a half. Yeah. Because they came up with it right after Christmas. Yeah. No, and it's Valentine's Day. It's February 14th. A month. Oh, well. Uh, Big dream. Anyway, a very rapidly climbing dream is what it is. Yep. So then we cut back to Sandy and... Max is dead. Yep, he died. He died. He died. I said, is he going to die? The answer to that is yes. Stroke, they say. How do you just die of a... Oh, I guess you can die of a stroke. Yeah, you can just die of an aneurysm. Like, but really, he died the type of death where you are sitting on a bench and your head droops sideways and you fall asleep forever. Yeah, yeah he, yep. And then Sandy sits beside him and just like, dang. Quiet, casual death. Dang. It's, he, yeah, it's, it's very solemn, very peaceful. And good thing Sandy found him because if anybody else did, that would have been bad for them. So bad. Oh, and then man. we have a scene where Sandy and Rebecca stand on the beach in the sun well, and the, are sad. I like how there is clearly there is one like lifeguard house that is the sad lifeguard house. And if you are sad, you go you, there. You go there or around it. Well, Rebecca was sad and Sandy was like, I know where we can go. Well, well no, I think Rebecca was like, like, hey, Sandy, is the sad part of the beach still around? And he's like, yeah, there's a lot of sad people here. He, they're not from the OC. He went to Berkeley. But I thought the entire... Berkeley's in Northern California. Yeah, I will... <laughs> Max came to the OC to be with Sandy. Okay. I was confused because Max is still around. <laughs> He's just staying. Okay. They just decided the OC is their home now. All right. Maybe every beach has a sad part of the beach. Exactly. She was like, remember in Berkeley, that sad place we went to? I think, I think if you live in a coastal city, yeah, like not places, place. not places here where we have like lakes. No. But if you live on the ocean, there's a part of, there's a part of the coastline that's the sad part of the coastline. It's honestly most of England, but... Mm. In, but but in places like California, there's a section of it. And they go there, and they're sad. Yeah. And that's okay. And so, then we see Seth spiral. 
who is awkward and sleepy and over-caffeinated and spiraling. Yeah, he goes, he goes all the way down to the middle of the earth. And in this spiral, he drags everyone down with him. He actually describes the characters pretty well until, I guess, he decides that the guy is not into the comic book. And so then he throws a love story in. Yeah, the guy. So, hey, the guy's also is, is TJ Thine, who you'll know as uh, Dude from Bones. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And other crime procedurals. Uh, anyway, so he's he's the one giving them, you know, being on the other side of the page. And he's like, I'm interested. But he's like, there's got to be something else to it. Can't just have rich kids on a beach. People don't like that. And so this weird thing happens. So Seth is like, oh, no, there's a love story. And the guy's like, oh, it's a love story. And he seemed interested in it. And so Zach was like, no, there's no love story. You're right. And it's interesting because they blame Seth for this going wrong. Yeah. But maybe if the other people had been cool. Yeah, it's... it's... <laughs> I mean, they understand what Seth is implying, that there is love between him and Summer. Yeah. It's like, this is not the time for anybody to do this. But a love story in the comic book. Yeah. Well, I, I like how when when the um the comic book guy uh, leaves, I think his name is Brian or something. I think so. Um, he, uh, no, definitely not Brian. Whatever. It doesn't matter what his name is. TJ Thine. <laughs> Um, when when he when he leaves, he's like, "Why don't you come back when you're adults?" And I'm like, "What did you expect when you brought in a bunch of sixteen year olds to pitch a comic book?" I mean, I could see that. Like, essentially, he was like, "Okay, I like the idea." Really, what that pitch was about, which is an interesting way of seeing it, is like, "Okay, I want to see if these three can work together." Because the main reason he's like, "Like, we can't do this," is because he's like, "Clearly, you three aren't ready to work as a team." Which is fair, but like, again. They are kids, so. Well, well, I, but I mean, like, there's a lot of times where, like, like you know, they, they take a chance on something like that because, once again, the idea is good, and the, and the age doesn't really. And you matter. know what? If 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 Seth if Seth had been able to settle down for like one day, they or, would have gotten it. They would have gotten it. Or if Zach and Summer could have just like kept it together during the meeting. Yeah, just because really no one be Seth did go crazy, but no one behaved well during that meeting. Yeah, if if, if it wasn't actually that... Summer was fine. Summer was pretty quiet, but then at the end she said, "I'm sorry, this is not the pitch we wanted to give." Yeah, but Zach got a little macho bro. Yeah, if there was. Yeah, it would have been sort of the thing where, like, if they had kept it together, and then, and then, like, after it was done, they'd been like, "All right, Seth, so uh, let's talk about this love story." Let's talk about what you just added in. Well, and sometimes there is like a weird eccentric partner who you're just like, "Yeah, they're just going to be weird and eccentric," and like that is common in artistic yeah, partnerships. But it's, it's very clear that they weren't getting along. So they, yeah, yeah. Anyway, not a surprise. Yeah, not a surprise at all. So the next morning. Which I guess is the morning of the pitch. Sandy and Kirsten debrief about Max. Kirsten totally understands why Sandy stayed out all night and didn't make a phone call. Because, you know, Max died. But um, Sandy still wants to go out for dinner. Yeah. So Kirsten says, oh, no, no, we don't have to go. And he's like, no, we do need to go. We need to, like... Yeah. We need to be together and have love. Yeah. So... And then he walks away, and then there's a long... Shot of Kirsten. Of her having thoughts. But I don't know what thoughts she's having at this point. Yeah. It. The shot's at the wrong time. It really feels, and it's it, it sucks to say because she, she's a good, good character. It really feels like Kirsten's already given up. Yeah. Like, cause she, she's constantly bringing up the, like, oh, no, I, like, like oh, no, we don't have to do this. And, and Sandy's like, no, no, we should do this. Yeah, let's work on our relationship. Yeah, and it's and it's so weird because she, because clearly he's being very, very open 
and like even when he makes wrong choices, he's open about the choices that he's making. But she's not giving him anything in return. Whereas I don't remember, did Kirsten tell him about Jimmy Cooper kissing her, or did Jimmy let it slip? Um, I think Jimmy let it slip. I think Jimmy might let it slip. Anyway, anyway, come on. Uh, so Ryan comes back again to talk to Caleb. <laughs> yeah, I like how also there's no we don't see Ryan at all in between these two scenes. He leaves, a night goes by, and he comes back like, "All right, Caleb, I got an idea." There is definitely a deleted scene in there somewhere <laughs> where he's just pacing, maybe punch dancing like Footloose. <laughs> That's the thing; he had no one to talk to. Yeah, Ryan doesn't like to talk. You no, know, and Seth wasn't there. He definitely didn't call Seth. He didn't talk to, and Sandy and Kirsten were busy, so he just like, sat at home. Or, 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 or he danced he in a warehouse. In a warehouse, <laughs> or he went and fought a bunch of bad guys. He went back to Chino, was like, "The OC rides again." <laughs> and then he was like, "Now I know what I'll do." He had a full-on adventure that last night. That he came back, like, "All right, Caleb, we're gonna play pool, and if I win, stop being a dick. And if you win, I don't, I don't know. know, keep being a dick. <laughs> just stop." And like, okay, I was like, is this really what we're doing? And Ryan's like, yes. Because I don't know how else to get through to you. So they're going to play best of seven, I guess. Which I guess is a pool game. Yeah. Well, or they're playing pool seven, like best of seven games. Yeah, which know. is an insane amount of games. It's a lot of games. <laughs> so I guess it's nighttime now. Yeah. And Julie and Marissa are having dinner. And Julie confides in Marissa that she doesn't think she and Caleb will make it. Because well, no, because let's be, they have a fake marriage. Now, let's be clear. The reason they won't make it is because Julie doesn't think that they'll make it. Yeah. This is news to Caleb. <laughs> Caleb thinks they can work on their relationship. That's why he made her CEO. <laughs> but that's not enough. She needs more. Yeah, she's like, I launched a magazine, which was a good idea. I'm like, oh, God, the magazine's still happening. But she needs more. And if Marissa doesn't want to lose her inheritance to Lindsay, Marissa needs to be nicer to Caleb. For when they eventually steal the... His money? Yeah. Well, I... Because, <laughs> like... Uh, Is Julie, Julie planning to murder Caleb? Julie's like, I have to make some plays of the business. I'm like, Julie, there's Kirsten. Yeah. You're forgetting about Kirsten, who will not let you do anything. That's, and the board of directors, I guess. We've seen them. They definitely exist. So anyway, Marissa also recognizes this is an insane <laughs> plan. And she pulls the Alex and says, that's a very interesting idea, Mom. I'll think about it. And her mom is like, what? Which is actually sort of confusing because it feels like that's exactly what she wants. Wanted to hear. So it be weird that she's like, wait, I expect us to fight about my grand scheme. It's such a good scheme. Maybe she's just disappointed because she had so many more arguments to make <laughs> and she didn't get a chance to make them. I, 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 had, a, I had a slideshow. I had, I had a PowerPoint presentation. It was the I same load, thing, really. I loaded things onto your phone and onto your Blackberry that you'll find at surprise times to remind you to be nice to Caleb. There's going to be a dance number. There's going to be a fake kidnapping ryan was gonna punch some people <laughs> i that wasn't planned i just assumed he would anyway um so i guess they're back at the hotel yeah i guess they have they have the hotel for another night because that's how i guess nice these wild storm people <laughs> they didn't they, like their comic book but this this company has to be banging well this guy's like oh i felt really bad i turned down those teenagers i better give um, them a let them stay in the hotel room for another night they can go to the zoo teenagers like zoos right <laughs> San Diego Zoo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Seth is a real sad sack. Yeah. And Zach is 
rightfully angry at Seth, mm-hmm. but also he's he does it in a very like friend way. Like he's still friends with Seth, but he's like Seth, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in you. And Seth is like, yes, I'm the worst. I won't drive home with you. I'm going to take the bus. And then <laughs> Zach's like, yeah, take that bus. And then Zach is somewhere like, well, then we can spend the night here. And Seth's like, oh, dang it. I was making a noble sacrifice. I didn't think that would happen. But you can't go back There's on so it now. There's so many times in this episode where someone's like, like, yeah, maybe you should do this. And they're like, okay, yeah, no, that seems great. And then cool. he's like, and then they're like, oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, dang. So, Rebecca thought that Sandy and Kirsten would have a dinner reservation at a normal time, but Sandy loves late dinners. So (laughs) Rebecca calls to dramatically say goodbye, and unfortunately, Sandy answers the phone. Yeah. Yeah, she was going to leave a voicemail so that he could discover later. And then, and then, Sandy decides it's a good idea to abandon his wife on Valentine's Day to say goodbye to Rebecca who he hasn't seen in 20 years in person. I don't know. The, th- the thing is, like... The thing is, their dinner reservations are now. Yeah. Rebecca pulled a shitty card, but he made a bad decision. Yeah, I mean, he was, like... Because he said he because he he is like you know I'm gonna go and like I'll 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 meet you there and Kirsten does pull the like don't let me stop you. Yeah, but he shouldn't have gone. He absolutely if you love someone and you know you're already on thin ice, you know Rebecca's already caused problems. You owe more to Kirsten than you do to Rebecca. She was going to run out on him. She was going to disappear in the middle of the night. Yes, she was going to leave a phone call. But he owes it to Kirsten to follow through on the thing he's been promising all episode that he wants to do. Well, but I think the thing that, like, to keep in mind about this is that when he when he eventually does go see her, he he's trying to convince her to to stay, to not leave. But he's trying to convince her in, in a way that's very much like, you, you are someone who is very, very important to me once. And you're still important to me, even if not in a romantic way. But now is not the time for that. Now is the time to... He already said, but, Kirsten, we need to focus on our relationship. But if he didn't do that that night, she was gone forever. Well, that's her problem. He made a promise to someone. Yeah, no. And this is extremely disingenuous and extremely shitty and out of character. I don't think it's out of character at all. He's he's trying... He's, he's This entire thing, they're always talking about, like, you know, he tries to do the right thing. He This is him trying to do the right thing. He doesn't want Rebecca to disappear into the wilderness... Of Canada once again, never to be seen. But why is the only person he cares about Rebecca? It's not the only person he cares about. But if he, but Aaron, if he did not go and see her that night, she would be gone forever from everybody's lives. I just think she it's had a, no more connection to this world. I just think it's a horrible thing to do to Kirsten because he lied to her. He said, "I'll be right back," and he knew he was not going to be right back. He, I mean, he he was. He, There's no way that he even hoped in his heart. That he could go all the way out to the inn on the ocean and come back and make it to their dinner res- reservations that were right then. Well, I mean, she canceled the reservations, so, so there's no way to know. She canceled the reservation because he was gone for too long. No, she canceled the reservation right after he no, left. No, she didn't. There were other scenes in the interim. She did not cancel it right away. She waited until they missed their dinner reservation, and then she canceled it. I don't think that's. I don't think that was the case at all. I think yeah, she canceled no, it way too early. No, she canceled it when he all because the next scene was him standing up and going, "Oh, I've already missed dinner." Well, no, but she but like she could have gone to the. She did not cancel it 
as soon as he walked out the door. She waited until he was already late. I just I don't think he did. I don't think he did the wrong thing because because once again, if he had not done that, Rebecca would have disappeared forever because she had nothing else in the world at all. She had nothing. I just think it's not admirable or the right thing to do to sacrifice something that you have built on for someone who already ran out on you once 20 years ago. Well, but like that's it's sort of part of the reason why he's such an idealist character is because he's like like he 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 you know, he believed that this was this was something that him and Kirsten could get through because But he already said earlier in the episode, we're not going to get through this. I have to stop treating us like we're bulletproof. He already knew when he was leaving that he was giving up on Kirsten. This this was not him giving up on Kirsten. It was this was him not giving up on Rebecca. But he I got the sense from everything he said this episode that he knew that he was choosing Rebecca over Kirsten. And that he had made such a fuss about how important it was that they have this night together. And by throwing that away, he actively knew he was putting her in second place. Well, I and wish, he was throwing her away. I wish more that we got more from um, Kirsten actually like pushing towards that rather than playing this like, oh, I don't want to get in the way. I don't want to do... Uh, do these things because he's been very open and honest with her about like all this stuff. I mean, after obviously not telling her at all. Yeah. Um, but from that point forward, he's told her every single thing that has happened essentially and what he's going through. I don't think it's wrong to think of someone who like, yeah, he, yeah, of, of course, you know, Rebecca is, is sort of a, a source spot for him because clearly they were very, very, very close. Mm-hmm. But we see later in the later scene, which we can just sort of go over now, I guess, um, that like she, you know, she kisses him. Then he's like, all right, I got to leave now. He, he kissed her, and then he said, I have to leave now. They kissed each other. He initiated. I do not think he initiated. He stepped into her. I think they both kissed each other. No, I think he kissed her. I'm very unimpressed with Sandy. I, 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 I'm, unimp- I'm unimpressed with Rebecca as well. Oh, I have not liked Rebecca since she first appeared. Yeah, but like that doesn't change the fact that, she's like, that, she's incred- that like, she's someone who's incredibly important to him. And if she had left at that moment... He was never, ever, ever going to see her again. And there's a good chance that she was never going to be seen again. Because the only thing keeping her, like, around was her dad. I guess. I guess. And I understand it's a TV show, so you can't have an inner thing. But the sense that we, that I get from the storytelling over the past three episodes is that he hasn't even thought of her since he picked Kirsten. Like, when Max calls him, Rebecca doesn't even seem to cross well, his mind until Max well, no, yeah. brings it up later. Well, definitely, definitely. That, that, so why does he have to throw away? Well, he knows Kirsten's hurt, and he knows that they need time together. Yeah. And he says that. He says, we have to put ourselves first. We have to go for dinner tonight. We have to focus on our relationship. Yeah. He's the one who's pushing for that. He's the one who's saying that. Yes. And then he's the one who walks away from it and doesn't put them first. This, but this is not, I, I think is you're, you're seeing is like, this is him deciding that like, oh no, Rebecca's better than Kirsten. And that's I, not. I don't think he thinks Rebecca's better than Kirsten. I think in this moment, he's picking Rebecca over Kirsten. Yeah. We will, and that's the wrong choice. But I think the very clear, like, because he says a line, which is an awesome line when he leaves, which is, I need to go. But you need to stay, which is yeah. being a very clear indication that he is someone who, that yes, no, he has not thought about Rebecca all the time. No. But when somebody from your past comes back into your life who is so, very, very important, you start getting these like nostalgic feelings. And I think it's actually very interesting about the fact that, like, yes, that kiss happened. But then he's like, 
I need to go. You like this is not the situation I should be in. But you but this does not mean that you should go. This means that you you cannot give up your life because of like these things that are happening. And I think it it sucks that essentially that he the, the only way that this could happen was because um uh was because, you know, was the only way this could happen was at the expense of uh sticking a few daggers into uh Kirsten and Sandy's relationship. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's wrong of him to be like like okay like he he has faith that him and Kirsten like yes he know yes he knows that like you know she's not as bulletproof as he likes to believe that she is but he has the point here of either I risk this or this person who I care about a lot um is gone forever cuz she that's what she was trying to do when she was mm-hmm. leaving that message she was going to disappear and never be seen from again like yeah. he like she had faked her death before yeah. that moment no i know and I, I don't disagree with you i just don't agree with sandy's actions because i am the type of person or i am a person i'm not the type of person there's no type yeah. i'm a person who when someone betrays you yeah that's it that's done like when someone shows you who they are you have to believe them and who rebecca is she would not put him first I don't think he cares about it if she would put him in I first. know. I know. I'm just saying I don't agree with going and running off for someone from your past and sacrificing, putting some daggers in, yeah. as you said, yeah. someone in your present. Yeah. Someone who has shown – he dated Rebecca for a couple of years when he was in law school. Yeah. And he loved her at that time. But Kirsten has been there with him for 20 years yeah. and seen him through thick and thin. Rebecca couldn't even sneak a message to him to say, hey, I'm not dead. She just disappeared for 20 years. Yeah. And, and so and, I I just am extremely disappo- disappointed because Sandy is an idealist. Yeah. But I had hoped he would not behave this selfishly. Yeah. And he would have the self-preservation to look at his own life and look at the people who yeah. are important to him. Yeah. And the people who have been there for him and make the choices that would enrich and uplift those people. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, like, I disagree completely and it's mm-hmm. very interesting to see a, to see like that essentially come up because i think that he did something that was very very i it's, it's noble I, but I, it's I, I, so I don't think, selfish i don't think either choice he made would have been selfish i don't think either one was a selfish choice because because of how it turned out, because the when he went, because of his thing with Rebecca, with, with Rebecca, eventually was like, all right, well, I'm gonna. She was like, hey, you could stay the night, and he was like, well, I'm gonna leave, but you should not leave because you know, mm-hmm. because he still believes that she is a better person than she actually is. And I guess I like characters who are who believe better things about people than people are. I guess. I guess the reason I can't buy into that is the show hasn't given us any indication that her life was bad where she was. I mean, I like, know she was away. I know she yeah. didn't have a connection with her dad, but there's no indication that living in Canada no. was a hardship or well, I mean, crappy. It, I mean, or... I'm sure. I'm sure pretending to not be yourself and not and not being able to like and always worrying that the FBI is going to or someone's going to all of a sudden like take you. And I, 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 I yeah. also sorry, yeah. In theory, yeah, that's the thing that's terrible. Yeah, but the show Rebecca's character 
hasn't given, given us any indication oh. of sacrifice. I mean, to to be, at all. To be clear, the um, in the show has not shown the the um, any sort of law enforcement indus- um, industry to be very very competent. I guess. Yeah, I just I you know even like a one off or a something or him overhearing a close. I mean, they 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 do mention that it was like that. No, it's... no Sandy says it was hard. Well, but I think that this part that, is, that's a project. That. But say, you know, I needed something from Max or Rebecca. I just, I haven't been given anything to make me think that Sandy made a sympathetic or admirable choice. I think that is definitely, I do think it's definitely in character, though. Because, keep keep in mind, the entire crux of this series was him taking Ryan, a kid he barely knew, but he believed could be better. Mm -hmm. Like, he met Ryan after Ryan had been arrested for stealing a car. No, I know. I just think that... And you can't tell a creator that their characters are out of character. Yeah. They do what they want. But I think they're taking his character as an excuse to tar and feather Sandy as a character and make him the villain. And there's going to be a lot of drama coming out of this. And that makes me very upset. Weird. I don't think I, I don't know if they're saying him up to be a villain. I, th- I think he's going to be the bad guy. And I think Kristen's going to spiral and it's going to be his fault. Well, I, I mean, just I can just see it coming. And I'm. Well, as I said, cursing this, this episode has made some weird choices, as is with the way that she's. Well, it turns out Rebecca's one of the most important people in the world to him, so no wonder she's upset. She can have, you can have more important people in the world than just one person. I know, but it came out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's. Eric, I mean, he, uh, never mind. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I, I just. It's the, the way that the show has sculpted it is not something I agree with, and I don't care for it and i'm very upset my notes are mostly just no sandy no thanks show way to go i think sandy made the best choice he could in a very very bad situation i think he could have talked on the phone and then followed through with his commitments 100 percent. there's no way she would have stayed well that she doesn't need to stay she's garbage he needs her to stay no he doesn't he would forget about her by next season well, I mean, but that's because that's the way the show he works. He doesn't even remember Blonde Girl. <laughs> Once again, that's 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 in that's in the context of the shows. I can't keep on having people talk about characters. He doesn't even remember around. his best friend Jimmy Cooper. <laughs> oh, he thinks about Jimmy Cooper all the time. He doesn't don't need her to stay, it. and he would not be devastated <laughs> if she left. So uh, we cut back to the. Um, well, let's go through other storylines because we we get that uh, uh, scene between uh, Summer and Zach. Which is actually pretty interesting about where we learn stuff about Zach. Was Zach's like Zach's ex- definitely a virgin. Well, well, I mean, I was saying that he, yeah, that might that might be a thing. But I was saying that he, how he's like, he accepts that Seth is never going to be over Summer, but all he cares about is what Summer thinks. And then he's going to reveal a secret, which is that he's a virgin. Probably, yeah. But then Seth morose phone calls, and <laughs> Summer does not answer, and it's like, duh, you literally, just- <laughs> yeah, come on, Seth. And that's, you, get, you can't do that and then leave and then be like, but maybe. See, Seth and Sandy, same person. Uh, yep. Uh, then we go back to the pool game, which is still happening. Wherein, like, there's a lot of things about this. But at one point, Caleb's like, yeah, Ryan, you're just a hothead. You just fly off the handle all the time. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, there are times where he punches someone. But it's usually because there's a buildup. And he's, like, very resigned and frustrated about the fact that he has to punch. Yeah, well, because uh, 
And I mean, like, you can't do both of those things. Earlier, um, Caleb was like, Ryan, uh, it must have been bad for you to string all those words together because you never talk. But, oh, you're such a hothead. And Ryan's just like, I don't care anymore. Say all your insults because all- <laughs> I'm going to win this game. Well, also, all their pool shots are, like, their state of mind. So Ryan misses, and then Caleb goes, and Ryan throws some shade at him, and then Caleb misses. He was like, I'm her father. And Ryan's like, since when? <laughs> and then he he's like, it doesn't matter. I'm here now. And Ryan's like, no, I'm pretty sure it does matter <laughs> yeah, still. 100% it does matter. People can remember things. Yeah. So anyway, Ryan wins the game. And then Caleb is like, pool, it's just a pool game. It doesn't mean anything. And then, and then like, Lindsay comes back. He's like, all right, well, I guess you two are going out tonight. Uh, I guess I'll pay for it. And Ryan's like, no, you know what? How about you two have a fun night together? Screw you, Caleb. Who's the bigger man now? Yeah, that was that. That, that was Ryan's plan all along. Oh yeah, to yeah. Win <laughs> and then be better. Yeah, when he was punch dancing in that warehouse, <laughs> he was like, he was like, all right, all right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to beat Caleb at pool. And then when he when he does his whole like, well, I guess I'll give you money. I'm like, no, you know what? You two have a good night night together because I know that I won. I don't need your money. I had a job this summer. <laughs> Goodbye, Caleb. So um, then Ryan and Seth are both real sad sacks in the diner. Well, they spend Valentine's Day together like they should. Which is adorable. <laughs> because they need that. And then Marissa visits Alex. And it's really kind of cute. And Marissa sort of reveals that she used Alex's like technique yeah. to get through the dinner. But really what got her through the dinner was the fact that she knew she could see Alex and tell her all about it. Yeah, which is better than I, want you, else. I want you there to show her up. Just being like, but I I knew that once it was done, I could hang out with you. Yeah, and so Alex asks Marissa to go to the beach because Alex likes to watch the changing of the tide when a tide (laughs) is going to change in her life. And I'm like, oh, man, someone wrote that line and is way too proud of themselves. But, you know, fair enough. No one ever talked like that in existence. Let's give Alex some dream catchers, some, like, (laughs) wall hangings, and then I'll accept it. Yeah. Uh, we do get uh, when Seth and Ryan, uh, Seth and Ryan sort of have like their their walk down the pier, of being like looking at all the happy couples and being like, "Do you ever think we'll ever have normal relationships?" And Ryan's like, "I don't care," <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is no, no, no. But in another normal relationship, Marissa and Alex sit on the beach together, and, and they're and cute, they... and they watch the tide go out. Yeah. And then they kiss. Now, once again, I still have no feelings for their relationship. Like, I don't care about the art. Like, it's taken so long to get to this point when I thought we were at this point, like, episodes episodes ago. ago. But at least they're cute and they have chemistry now. Like, I can see them as a couple, which three episodes ago, I could not. Well, it's it's the weird thing. I could just see Marissa as a crazy It's the weird thing where, like, some characters work better when they are already the couple than when they were, um, like... Becoming a couple. Becoming a couple. Uh, like one thing I always think about uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, then I go back and watch the first season. Is that I led because um, I I loved um, uh, Jake and Amy's uh, like me like their talk uh, yeah. before that. But like once they become a couple, like the it, the chemistry is just so good when they are in a relationship. Yeah, it skyrockets. So I hope so I th- hope that's what happens with Marissa and I mean it seems to be what's mm-hmm. happening with Marissa and Alex is they are better when they're already in a relationship. Not this weird, like, they're trying to make it so dramatic. It's because Marissa's a creepy stalker, and I don't understand Olivia Wilde's faces. <laughs> That's fair. So 
So, Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. In this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Oh, did I find a moment where logic went out with the tide, and then the tide turned, and it came back as drama. I did. And, Kevin, it has to be the pool game. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's your choice. Yeah. Ryan was, like, fight dancing, and he was like, I'm going to do the most CW thing ever. Well, They're not even going to know. Well, usually, because usually there's a scene in between where someone talks to someone else, and then they go, like, they, something happens, they talk to someone, they go back, and they fix their problem. He didn't talk to anyone. He disappeared for, like, ten minutes. <laughs> and he came back they with came, a plot. <laughs> they came back like, Lindsay, I have an idea. <laughs> But obviously he didn't feel Lindsay, and he was just like, let me see your dad, my grandpa. <laughs> I got a thing. I can't explain what I'm doing. <laughs> Come on, like, the pool was just for show and drama. Yeah, I mean, the parts where they're taking the shots, and yeah. Yeah. They just needed something. But, I mean, it was done in a good way, because they did show up, like, by having Rise of to be like, and now I'm better than you, Caleb, in every way possible. Goodbye. Bye. I'm Zach. Zach, I'm Jack from Titanic, and you, my friend, are Cal. You even have the same name. You're Billy Zane. No one wants that. Not even Billy Zane. <laughs> Kevin, do you have a CW moment? Yeah, mine's a very small moment. We didn't really talk about that much. But when uh, uh, Ryan and Seth are walking down the pier, there are so many couples on that pier in the middle of the night. And a lot of them are just making out. Yeah, and like, like really close to each other. Yeah, it's like, a like, little creepy. Like, it's almost comedic as they're walking down, and the sheer amount, and they all have one red rose. <laughs> it, like, I don't know. It's like there's some sort of event, and they all filed out, and they all started making out on the pier within... Oh, no, I'll tell you what happened. After Kirsten closed the door on Sandy, he took all of the roses in the Cohen house <laughs> and just started walking along the pier, handing them out. Giving yeah, the people, you should be in love. You should be in love. I don't have love anymore, but here's some love for you. But I believe in love for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> or is his problem he has too much love? Yeah. He has to get rid of some of it. Might be too much love. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just feel like when you're with someone, you know, when you're with someone on like a Valentine's Day date and you want to, you know, have a night, you usually try to separate yourself out from other people. Yeah, it's the worst. when You know when you go to a restaurant yeah. on Valentine's Day and they have like a prefix menu and there's just all these tables so close to each other? Yeah. And you like don't want to talk to your date because you know other people will be listening. So yeah. you just listen to their <laughs> conversations instead. I know for sure there's at least one time in the background where there's two people talking and, like, at least – and another couple talking. And the two girls' backs are, like, back-to-back. Back. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a way human beings act. <laughs> and it's just and it's just so that it looks ridiculous for when Seth and Ryan are like, hey, love kind of sucks. Love is everywhere. <laughs> but we don't have love. Love is all around us. The Ryan's like, shut up, Seth. You – Stop being so morose. Stop being, stop being you. Don't drink so much coffee. <laughs> Sleep. Don't spiral when, when information you already know is presented to you. Classic. Did you know that, that, uh, that Zach and Summer could potentially have sex at some point? I yes. assume they did. Everyone knows that, Seth. Everyone knows that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're the only one who did it. Also, Seth, you've already slept with someone. Her name is Alex. No, oh, Seth. Seth uh, is a monster. When you move on first, you don't get a leg to stand on. Again, not an admirable decision. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Seth Seth feels like if man, if Seth ever dated someone who was like legitimately abusive, he would be stuck forever. Oh yeah. He would never escape that. Because he would constantly fall back on. Like like they would break up and then he'd be like, But wait a second. 
Ryan would have to permanently become the OC and just yeah. follow around the abuser all the time. Yeah, and be like, hey, leave him alone. And, like, slap him, her, yeah. with, like, a fan or something. Yeah. Like, you know, like, one of those Chinese folding fans? Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, Seth has really lucked out in his life that he has not met a true... Abuser. Man, have you ever dated Marissa? <laughs> oh, no. You were asking for more scenes with them. No, but I want them to be friends. Mm. <laughs> not... Because, like, that would be that would be so bad for Seth. Kevin, soon they will be lovers. <laughs> Seth would fall apart. I don't remember where And they would get back together, and then they would both break up, and then they both get back together, and they'd both be like, oh, but our feelings for each other. Do you like how I've watched the show before? And I remember key things, like Trey comes back, and he's real good. No, well, you focus and on Willa Holland <laughs> comes back, and Cam Gianji is there at some point, and whew, soon we'll meet Autumn Reeser, I think in season three, as Taylor Townsend, and I love Taylor Townsend. <laughs> I have no idea what happens with Sandy and Kristen after this. No, that's fine. I mean, if- I also am convinced now that Seth and Marissa will date. <laughs> I know this is not the case, I think. But is it the case, Kevin? <laughs> I mean, Marissa will soon date everybody. Especially Summer. Yeah. Yep. Especially Seth. Yeah. <laughs> But especially Summer. But especially Seth. Well, hey, if any of this these thoughts interest you, you should follow us on... Uh, well, I mean, you should rate, <laughs> review, and subscribe to us first. And follow us. They're all, they're, all, they're all things you can do that depends on whatever podcatcher you're using. Yeah, you go to it, and then you press some buttons but that subscribe that you like us. Or follow, or... Rate. Rate, or whatever Or give us some stars. We like stars. Yeah. Maybe five of them. <laughs> Be great. You can tell your friends about it because that'll uh, help grow. And then join in the conversation with us on Twitter about if Sandy is garbage. He's not garbage. If Sandy made a good decision or a bad decision. I think, I think really that really what it comes down to did would was the is what Sandy did in character or out of character. I didn't say it was out of character. I said they were throwing his character under the bus to create drama. Uh, they were using his character to make bad things happen. Well, I mean, that, that's usually what you do with idealists. Is that don't approve of his choices? <laughs> okay, so tell us what you think. Yeah, you can use Twitter, uh, podcast MOA, podcast MOA, or I guess you could make an image on Instagram. To tell us how you feel about it. Yeah, give give it give a give a photo to your thoughts, and then tag us again. <laughs> podcast MOA, podcast MOA, yeah. or if you have a lot of thoughts, if you have a manifesto, if it were, oh man, send us an email. Yeah. Podcast Moa at gmail.com. I guess you could do that. Send us your manifestos about Sandy. Sandy Cohen, the greatest dad ever. Can Sandy and Kirsten get past this? Will Seth recover from his super spiral? So, are Ryan and Lindsay on a break or off a break? And whose idea was the whole break thing anyway? Answers to all this and more on the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 